Um, Josefina? Yeah, what's up? I know the Schwartzman team match is really good, but you keep springing up after every good point, which is practically every point, and spilling your popcorn all over me. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I'll clean it up for you if you want. But, um, I don't think I could tear my eyes away from the court. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well then, if you wouldn't mind moving, like, three seats down. Wow. I can see you're pulling a Daniel Collins on me. everyone and welcome to hold on to your racket the podcast for gen z tennis fans we're your hosts ravia and josephina josephina and i are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all shravi and i are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on the court and off the court companionship and we're the young female voices in modern day tennis you've been looking for so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more Okay, everyone, welcome to this episode of Hold On To Your Racket. We're very excited for this one. And before we get into the quarterfinal action and semifinal action today, which is October 7th, we do want to cover some of the hot headlines in the tennis world. Yeah, the first one is David Goffin tests positive for coronavirus. He revealed he was positive prior to the St. Petersburg tournament, the ATP 500 event based in Russia, on Instagram. And it is set to start on October 12th, right after Roland Garros ends, but he's been forced to withdraw and will quarantine. And he said he feels good, which is good, meaning he's asymptomatic. And But he plans on playing in his home country tournament in Antwerp, the ATP 250 event taking place on October 18th. So if he thinks he can heal by then, then we have good hopes for him. Yeah, now moving on to what tennis holds in a couple of months once we kind of get our Oceania tennis swing going in New Zealand and Australia. Um, Australia and New Zealand are two countries who have been doing an amazing job with the pandemic. Um, They have gotten their cases pretty much close to zero. Um, However, the Auckland Open, which is obviously in New Zealand, has cancelled their tournament despite having no cases in the area. The country has a rule that anyone coming in has to do a mandatory two-week quarantine, meaning the players and their um, entourages would also have to abide by that quarantine. But organizers realize that with this situation and with other safety protocols they do have to meet, there just simply wasn't enough time to implement the plan to go forward with the tournament. The defending champions are Ugo Umbert and Serena Williams, so they unfortunately won't be able to defend their titles. Um, And this is a tournament that happens right before the Australian Open. So Tennis Australia recognizes that um, this is another lost opportunity for players to compete in the area prior to the Australian Open. So they did say that they are working on providing more competition opportunities in the lead up to the first Grand Slam of the year. But luckily, that first Grand Slam of the year is planning on going forward. So the Australian Open will implement a mandatory 14-day quarantine for players and their team. Players are allowed to train during that time, and they've designated quote-unquote quarantine hubs, um, which have been set up by the tournament where players will be allowed to practice. And they also plan on having fans at the tournament. So that just goes to show you that Um, Australia has been doing a great job with the pandemic. Hopefully they can keep it up. 
and having that opportunity to see how the U.S. Open and French Open have gone has certainly helped them in determining their plan for their tournament as well. I just find it insane that places like Australia and New Zealand are being so careful and responsible during the pandemic, while places like France, with the French Open happening right now, their cases are rising, they've let spectators in, and it's still going on. And in France, the Paris Rolex Masters event that happens, is going to happen soon in the indoor season for the men. They have also announced that they're going forward with 1,000 spectators. Now, mind you, 1,000 spectators is the same number that they're allowing at the French Open, but the Paris Masters Tournament is indoors, and cases in France are continuing to skyrocket. Um, There's been debate about possibly even shutting down indoor dining in the country or in the city at least, so I have no idea what the French Tennis Federation is thinking, although... The GIF account has been recovered and is back in action. (laughs) That's good to hear. So moving forward into some more stuff about Roland Garros, there's been some investigations going into match fixing at the tournament, which is just crazy to me. Special Paris Police Unit, a Special Paris Police Unit is investigating the possibility of organized fraud and sporting corruption. This happened during the women's doubles match in the first round. Andrea Mitu and Patricia Maria Tig versus Madison Brengel and Yana Sizikova. It was in the fifth game of the set of the second set that Sizikova gets her serve broken at love. She double folded twice, and apparently, a quote from Tennis.com, by the way. Large sums were allegedly placed on the Romanians, Mido and, and Tig, to win that fifth game across several operators in Paris and from different countries. So D. Well, a German newspaper, cited unnamed insiders claiming several hundred thousand euros were bet on the game and that the fifth game in the second was a focus of the betting, without saying specifically how much of the total betting was on that game. So just... I mean, the evidence is definitely there. If it's a coincidence, it's just a crazy coincidence. But just, this is kind of scary, really. All right, it's time for the Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz. And if you noticed, we are mixing things up and putting it after our hot headlines section. So just a little rundown. We're doing a trivia segment where we rack up all the points after the tournament. Right now it's Roland Garros. And we crown a tennis ball for his quiz at the end. So right now I am leading the overall score 4-2. to two. <laughs> And Shravi is going to start off with the question. Alright, Sophia Kennan is the only American left in either of the singles draws. So it's a big accomplishment for American tennis at the U.S. Open. However, American WTA players have always had an impact at the French Open. The French Open was the last Grand Slam to award equal prize money for the ATP and WTA singles tournaments and not just for the winners. Which American female tennis player, active or retired, famously met with the tournament organizers in 2005 to push for equal pay? A. 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams B. Gender equality champion and original nine member Billie Jean King C. Former world number one and seven-time major champion Venus Williams. 
or D, record holder for most French Open WTA titles, Chris Everett? I think it's Venus Williams. You are correct. Venus Williams has done so much for the sport, in fact, and I mean, this is this was a huge move for her. She has been known to have been an instrumental figure in getting equal prize money at the Grand Slams. Wimbledon and the French Open were the two last Grand Slams to do so, and the fact that they both only did it in 2007 is pretty disappointing, but glad that the move is already in place, but there's still so much to go. Yeah. Okay, moving on to my question. Nadal is a 12-time Roland Garros champion, winning on just his first attempt attending. There have only been three years where he has played and not won the entire tournament. How far is the farthest he has gone without winning the entire tournament and when? Was it A, the 2009 fourth round, B, 2015 quarterfinals, C, 2013 semifinals, or D, 2012 quarterfinals? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> um, I, uh, hmm. I'm debating between A and B and C and D. <laughs> if that Isn't that helps. all of them? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with A. No, it's B. Okay, yeah, well that was, I was never gonna get that right. <laughs> Sorry. Who did he lose to? Um, I'm actually not sure. Well, then I should get the point, because you don't know the answer to my follow-up. So I can get <laughs> that's not fair because that's just an <laughs> extra kidding. trivia question for you. I'm kidding. Okay, okay, well, Josefina continues to impress. Um, I liked both of our questions today, though. Yeah, these were good questions. I hope you guys are learning stuff too. Well, I might be failing, I'm still learning, so I, at least Josefina's teaching me stuff. <laughs> I try. Okay, so now that we gave you a little bit of fun with our Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz segment coming in the beginning, we're going to transition into Tennis Talk. And as we go into our quarterfinals recap and semis preview, let's first start off with the ATP quarterfinals. So we had a Novak Djokovic versus Pablo Carreño Busta match where Djokovic defeated Busta 4-6, 6-2, 6-3, 6-4. After the first set, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone was thinking the same thing. Is Pablo Carreño Busta really going to be the one to take Djokovic out of a Grand Slam twice this year? But alas, Djokovic came back and won the entire match. Yeah, there was a little salty moment in his press conference afterwards where Karina Busta was talking about Djokovic taking a medical timeout and being injured, saying that that's something he always does in his matches, even like especially when he's losing. It is true that Djokovic takes a lot of medical timeouts or um, seems to be injured. He did seem to have some sort of injury going on, um, but that kind of loosened up throughout. Who knows what role that'll play in his upcoming matches, but... We'll leave it up to you guys to determine if Pablo Carreño Busta was being salty, whether he had a fair point, or if it was a mix of both. So moving on to the second match of the top half of the draw, we have Andre Rublev versus Stefano Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas defeated Rublev 7-5, 6-2, 6-3. 
Tsitsipas got his revenge for the Hamburg final, where Rublev beat him 4-6-6-3-5-7. So he earned himself a semifinal against Djokovic, but he is the first Greek to reach the Roland Garros semifinals, which is historic and just amazing. So moving on to the bottom half of the ATP draw, we have the Dominic Thiem versus Diego Schwartzman match. I was right. I was right in this prediction. You to were the so right. It was I was insane. totally correct. I said you... five sets upset. <laughs> I will leave it at that. Mic drop. <laughs> that makes and up this... for my horrendous tennis ball for his quiz score. <laughs> That's true. I was honestly... I was, it's not that I was surprised that you got it right. It was just shocking. It was, it was absolutely insane. <laughs> so the score was 7-6, 5-7, 7-6... Six seven seven six six two. So wait, I think wait, wait, this wait. was this is six sets, Josephina. <laughs> it's like it's so not correct. That is just not okay. True. I must have messed something up in the middle. <laughs> but just the point is, it was a very close match. <laughs> it should have gone six sets, but it didn't. <laughs> okay. So my point is, I'm pretty sure this was the men's match of the tournament. This was just everything you could want in a tennis match on clay, I guess. So it was super close until the end, as you can tell by the score, where I kept saying seven six six seven seven six six seven seven, and so on. <laughs> where TM even admitted after the match that he was just physically done. He had just played a five-setter against Hugo Gaston, and also his U.S. Open run to account for. Yeah, just to clarify, the score was seven six uh five seven six seven seven six six two, but I think as Josephina was saying, Team and Diego Schwartzman, they're great friends. We talked about this last episode. They had a really great exchange at the net at the end of the match. Um, where Dominic Team basically told Diego he was really happy for him, he was smiling, he said I mean, you deserve this. Like, this was amazing. You played really well. And um, it's just awesome to see that kind of sportsmanship. And Diego Schwartzman has gotten into the top 10. So this is quite the tournament for Argentinian tennis. Moving on to the very last quarterfinal, we have Yannick Sinner versus Rafael Nadal. So Nadal did end up defeating Sinner 7-6-6-4-6-1, and he is on to his 12th RG... No, 13th RG semifinal. Uh, Sinner did have his chances, however. He was serving for the first set, and he was up a break in the second, but still just an absolutely amazing and insane performance from the Italian teenager this French Open. If we go on to the WTA side, it was just as much excitement with the upsets and breakthroughs. Um, in the top half of the draw, obviously with Simona Halep gone, we had Iga Swiatek who had beat her in the quarterfinals take on the Italian qualifier Martina Trevisan, and Swiatek ended up winning 6-3, 6-1. But she made a, an, a decent comeback from down a break 3-1 in the first set, and since that, she only lost one game throughout the entire match. Although this was also an amazing tournament from Trevisan, we've been talking about this all these past two weeks she was all smiles during the match actually there were times where you could see her laughing or smiling or really pumped up which was amazing you can tell how much it means to her but again to Sviatek 
She's also into the double semis with American Nicole Melichar. And Sviatek, in her press conference, she talked about the fact um, that she did not receive nearly as many wild cards as other players have early in their careers. And she said, as soon as I accepted that and as soon as I realized it's not going to be even better if I'm going... Oh, sorry. And as soon as I realized it, it's just going to be even better if I'm going to earn it on my own. I was okay with that. I just kept working. At the beginning, it was pretty annoying, but later I didn't care. So she's come on such a road through her career, her early stages of her career, and into a Grand Slam semifinal. Um, and, you know, it seems that she also has her mental game really in check, like Shapovalov. She has a sports psychologist with her. Um, so she's definitely looking to be a strong player going into the semis. Like something I found super funny was that after her match, after her victories, Fiatic, the first thing she asked was, is the Rafa match still going on? So obviously she's a big fan. And also that match did end up being very late because of the delay of the Jabour Collins match that ended up. We still don't aren't sure why that happened but still it was pretty funny to see how tennis players are supporting each other on the tour yeah the reporter asked um Spiatek, do you have anything else to add and she was like as josephina said is the nadal match still scheduled and um she responded yeah and then Spiatek was like oh okay then i'm gonna leave to make <laughs> sure that he could get on court as quickly as possible oh wow our other quarterfinal in that half of the draw was Alina Svitolina versus Nadia Podoroska. Um, Podoroska actually defeated Svitolina 6-2, 6-4. This is a huge win for her, the first female qualifier to reach their semifinals at Roland Garros. And taking out the probably like the next contender after Simona Halep, um, Svitolina is an amazing clay court player, Strasbourg champion going into this. This is amazing tennis from the Argentinian. And... You know, she was asked in her press conference about what she thinks of the possibility of a Nadal, Djokovic, or team being in the final. And she said, no, 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 no. For me, Diego is making it to the final. So as we said before, huge stuff from the Argentinians and amazing tennis from the qualifier. And we're going to talk about this a little later, but she is someone who isn't really coming out of nowhere. She's been having an amazing season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great to see how the Argentinians are supporting each other, especially since Podoroska and Diego are doing so well. Even fellow countryman Juan Del Potro, maybe you've heard of him, the 2009 U.S. Open champion, he sent them a congratulations because I just love to see how well they're doing in this tour. Yeah, our couple of our last matches in the bottom half of the draw, Sophia Kennan, the fourth seed, versus Danielle Collins, the two Americans. Danielle Collins had not lost a set to Kennan before this match, um, but Kennan defeated her 6-4, 4-6-6-love, and she's looking really solid. She's made the semis of two slams this year. She's playing really good tennis at the majors. She reached the round of 16 at the U.S. Open, maybe not as far as she would have liked to go, but still second week of the slam. And this was a major win against Danielle Collins. Sophia Kennan had a losing record against her, and um, Collins did give a fight in this match. And it also seems like Kennan had a little bit of a bagel payback to her loss in Rome a couple of weeks ago. But again, it's good to see that she's mentally recovered from that. And as the highest seed left in the draw, she is definitely looking to be a contender for the title, although we may not have picked it, predicted it, um, based on her Italian Open performance and her overall performance in other tournaments 
um, since her Australian Open win. Lastly, Petra Kvitova, who I think has been is such an endearing player and people are really rooting for her because of everything she's gone through, her impeccable sportsmanship. So she, as the seventh seed, played German Laura Sigmund, um, and she defeated Sigmund 6-3, 6-3, maintaining her head-to-head record against her. Sigmund is a crafty clay court player, so that was an, another great win for Kvitova. And Kvitova has yet to face a seed, and but still she has faced formidable opponents and she has also yet to drop a set. So it would all it would be pretty amazing to see her get her third slam because she is looking very solid. Although the Ken and Kvitova match is definitely going to be a tough one for both. Moving on to the semifinals preview, starting on the ATP side, we have the Djokovic versus Tsitsipas match. So Djokovic leads the head-to-head 3-2 to two in all overall, but 1-0 to zero on clay. So this is one of Tsitsipas's biggest career opportunities he could earn himself a ticket to the his first grand slam final however it will be a very tough match considering how well Djokovic has been doing lately just playing like an absolute machine really I mean Tsitsipas grew up playing on clay stating I feel very confident when I step on the dirt I always show my best tennis on the surface so it's great to see that he has some confidence going into this match they are both aggressive baseliners so it would be interesting to see them come to the net during this match that would add some spice to the match the next match we have is Schwartzman versus Nadal. Nadal leads 9-1 to in the head-to-head overall and 3-1 to on clay. But Schwartzman has won their most recent meeting just two weeks ago at the Italian Open. So hopefully, not hopefully, I mean, maybe he can pull it off again. Schwartzman has been at the top of his game lately, like I said, defeating Nadal and Shapovalov en route to the Italian Open final. But, I mean, Nadal has also been on fire, completely obliterating all the people he's played before this match. And, I mean, I think this is going to be a great match because both of their best surfaces are clay. For Schwartzman, it's because of his speed. For Nadal, it's because of the topspin. So it's interesting to see how they're going to use the different aspects of the clay court. For the WTA semifinal, our first one is Sviatik versus Podoroska. This is their first meeting, but also a huge opportunity for both players. And they've, as we've said, they have had both great wins against Halep and Svitolina, respectively, who are um, esteemed clay court players on the WTA tour. As we mentioned previously, Sviatik's mental game also seems to be going pretty well. She does have a sports psychologist with her and has discussed how important she is to her team. We know Sviatek as the Wimbledon Juniors champion, but um, it's interesting to see how, as we kind of talked about Nadal and Schwartzman loving the clay because it suits their game, Sviatek has a bit bigger of a game given her success on grass, so it's interesting to see that she's been able to adapt that to these conditions. On the other hand, Podoroska was also a really good juniors player. She made a breakthrough, then she got injured. However, since the restart of the tour after the pandemic pause um, in professional tennis, her win-loss has been 22-3, to and her win-loss in 2020 has been 46-3. to She's been playing some ITF tournaments, so that's where a lot of those wins come from, but that is some really solid tennis from her. And, you know, regardless of the result of this match, Sviatek will make it to at least number 33 in the rankings. She's currently number 54. 
and Podoroska will jump to number 48 in the rankings, and she's currently number 131. So big improvements for both of them. Lastly, we have Sofia Kennan versus Petra Kvitova, which is destined to be a very high-quality semifinals match. These are probably two players we would have more likely picked to have made it this far compared to Swiatek and Podoroska, but um, both have the experience of being in a Grand Slam semifinal before even a final. And because they're both Grand Slam champions, Kvitova being a two-time Wimbledon champion and Kennan being obviously this year's Australian Open champion. If we do look at their head-to-head, though, Kvitova leads 2-0, to zero, and their last meeting was in Madrid last year, which is a clay court tournament, and Kvitova won comfortably in straight sets. But that was before Sofia Kennan was a Grand Slam champion, and she's shown some amazing tennis in the majors this year. She's on a roll, battled through some great matches, recovered from her performance at the Italian Open, and I think that these, both these matches will be very, very close contests. So we're going to talk about the doubles now. So you may have heard we're moving on to the semis and the doubles as well. Um, how about Ashravia starts with the ATP? Yeah, so the number one seeds, Cabal and Farah, are going to be facing the number seven seeds and U.S. Open champions, Pavic and Suarez. And the other U.S. Open finalists, the number nine seeds, Kulhoff and Mektic, will be going off against Kravitz and Mies. So on the WTA side of things, we have Guarachi and Krauchik versus Melchar and Sviatek. So Melchar is the U.S. Open doubles finalist, and Sviatek is also in the single semis. We kind of talked about her just a little bit before, so that's quite a team there. And the other match is Krajcikova and Siniakova versus Babos and Mladenovic. Babos and Mladenovic are the defending Roland Garros champions, and Krajcikova and Siniakova are the 2018 Roland Garros champions. Okay, moving into our aces and double faults section. You guys know this as the segment where we've kind of revived in the past few episodes. It was kind of non-existent for a little bit, but we've brought it back. We highlight some of the highs and lows in the tennis world. So we're going to start off with our double fault today. This is a little bit more personal to Josephina and I's situation. The two of us, we um, both of us play tennis. Um, if you didn't know, we do... One of our classes each week, we actually are in the same class for it. And we've had so much fun playing doubles. We've actually set it as one of our goals to like try to become really, really good at doubles this year because I think it's really, really underrated and I wish that it got more attention on the professional level as well. But we've been trying to find a doubles tournament to really see how we fare, to test out some of our strategies, improve. But we've literally been able been unable to find one we don't know if this is because of coronavirus or it's unclear but it's perplexing and it's sad because we've been practicing every week in class and you know really want to see how we fare in a competitive environment (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like this aces and double faults section especially the double faults (laughs) i'm completely okay if this just turns into shravi and i complaining about the tennis world (laughs) because that's basically it anyways so moving on to our ace, well, it's kind of an ace and a double fall. It's kind of a mix of everything, really. It's Yeah, it's just funny. So during Danielle Collins' match versus Sophia Kennan, she asked her boyfriend to change seats 
because what happened was that Kenan was, no, um, I think, yeah, Collins was serving, but when she would look up to the ball, apparently her team was in her view path, so it was distracting, so she asked them to move, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny, she's really taking control <laughs> of the court, on and off the court, so it's good i mean we saw sophia kennan's father who's also our coach during her match against fiona farrow get up from his seat and go sit right next to fiona farrow's coach and he said it was because farrow's coach was sitting in the wrong player's box because <laughs> kennan was the higher seed so, oh wow um, sophia kennan's dad will take no prisoners when it comes to his uh, seating at the french open Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the French Open, upcoming tournaments, and all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions, and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released on October 9th, where we will recap the women's semifinals and preview their final. And then we will also follow up with that with a men's semifinal recap and finals preview. So stay tuned for that. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode, if you didn't like it, Please tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravi's name is Steve. See you next time.